AG Dynasty. All right, baby, we are back. Week six, the Flex Squad. Um, we're down a member, unfortunately, but uh, we'll all pour one out for Hari. Ramu, how are you doing, buddy? How is Michigan? How is Michigan feeling after this this tough loss last weekend? Okay, I was not here, but we have not. No one talks about it. Also, it's getting cold, so it's about time to leave Michigan. That's why I'm excited to go to Atlanta this weekend for Brian Myers' wedding. Oh yeah, shout out. Well, maybe we'll uh, we'll host a a, a live podcast on Sunday. We'll have to announce the location. Okay, well, uh, teaser. I'm in Atlanta, so you know what that means for a pick later. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Mark, how are you doing, my friend? Congratulations. Everyone congratulate Mark on his recent engagement. He is now going to be married for the rest of his life. Oh, wow. Congratulations, Mark. Thank you, guys. Hey, I was, uh, we were looking at a July wedding, and then, you know, I was, I was getting concerned that it was going to conflict with the World Cup. But luckily, I severed all ties to the World Cup last night. And let's just let's just get in well first of all let's not forget that july is also nba summer league so you know not to say that's the most important event um not to well and now we parlay that with world cup next summer that could be some crazy gambling but mark let's let's let you go on your taylor twelman ask grant tell me what how you are feeling about usa soccer okay so there's a couple things to hit here first of all my taylor twelman s grant is mostly a rant about taylor twelman okay this (laughs) This guy, I, I did a lot of research for this. I read his entire Wikipedia article. So, so he's out here on ESPN acting like, you know, acting like he's, he's kind of the standard bearer for U.S. soccer. You know, he's, uh, he knows what it's like to pull on that USA jersey and, and play in a World Cup. And he's, uh, he's let down that the current squad is, uh, is not going to get that opportunity, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, that sounds right. I did, no, I did no, like, no, no, no. I did no, like that no. ESPN, like, the problem with that is he never played in a World Cup himself. He didn't make the squad. <laughs> never really. He didn't make the squad. No, he got left off the 06 squad that got knocked out in Germany. Um, yeah, Bruce Arena left him off. He never went to a World Cup. I feel like he was so. a face to lead when he was playing for uh, for new for um, the Revolution. Yeah, he he like won an MLS MVP and was like pretty good for them, but never made a World Cup squad. So. Uh, that's, huh. that's my take on him. I mean, I think I think like you can definitely go like micro and macro with the takeaway from this U.S. soccer thing. Like micro is last night like was an absolute garbage performance um, out of the current team. But I think macro you have to look at like how does a nation with this population and this amount of resources even get into a situation where they're uh, they're up against a wall like that against a team like Trinidad and Tobago. Um, and even to qualify out of concrete cap in the last game. So I think it's, I think it's disappointing. Um, I think it's embarrassing. I think um, I, wasn't, I wasn't too much up on current events today, but like if Bruce Arena and Sunil Galati still jobs, I'm not really sure why that is because they should I mean, just blow it up. That's it. Like you have five years until the next relevant U.S. soccer game. So just blow it up and start over. Build around Christian Pulisic with a bunch of young guys. That's it. Yep. No, I agree completely. Um, yeah, the... I, I read a fair amount into this. I I'm still torn whether this is like a obviously this is a like sad thing for the country. Um, I did hear some interesting takes on the Fox Sports. Um, the head of Fox Sports is very angry because they had paid three hundred million dollars for the rights to yeah. the World Cup, and now yeah. like the their whole sort of bet was that the 
the four highest TV rating games were going to be the final and the three USA games. So that's sort of out the door. And I think now they're going to make you the Mexico national team like the home team, and you'll get all of the Mexico games on on the premier Fox Sports channels. So that's kind of funny. Nike also had a bunch of gear. Oh, I love that. Um, that they were going to release. That's also going in the shitter. This is like all exactly what I'm looking forward to in my next job. Is like which this is this, that's. Yep. I don't know if Fox will do that. They have to because if they're gonna, they have they have to worry about promoting this wall build, right? <laughs> On the Mexico border. Well, that's the, true. The other problem with that is like even even when the U.S. is in the tournament, like a lot of times the highest rated games in the U.S. are the Spanish language broadcasts on like Tele, Telemundo or Univision or whoever has those, right? So like, <laughs> like no nobody nobody who like closely follows the Mexican national team is gonna want to listen to Gus Johnson scream in like semi-coherent English about their team. You know, they're going to be over with, uh, with Telemundo. Okay, good point. I actually, I do know like Telemundo, I didn't realize this until I started reading, is actually a Fox subsidiary. Oh. <laughs> which is fascinating. Yeah. Damn it. All right, we'll go one more bit on this World Cup, which is who is the team that everyone's going to be rooting for uh, now that we can't root for the USA? I may just put in my pre-order for my Iceland jersey uh before uh, or right after this podcast that is my bandwagon team put me on that iceland bandwagon remu uh i think you have to go with argentina i think if if the little lion can pull this off it might be the greatest world cup win ever and just the story that he's writing his career i'm talking about lionel messi by the way um the the story he's writing his career where he hasn't been able to pull this off for his country there was worries that he was going to pull out after the last Euro um, and not join back with Argentina. Um, this would be a really, really incredible way to finish off what is probably one of the best uh, club careers and unfortunately not the best national career. I don't know. What do you think, Mark? Um, so I've got two teams. I've got a long shot and a sure thing here. On um, my long shot, you got to go got to go with, with the Syria national team. So Syria is actually has now... <laughs> survived in the World Cup longer than the United States has. Syria has like a pre-pre-play-in no, game. They got knocked out though. They got knocked out yesterday. What? What? Yeah, that was that was my that was my number. No, no, no. But to your point, Mark, that was like my number one Donald Trump versus sports moment that was like potentially going to happen. They drew their game at quote unquote home. Syria did where they played in Malaysia. Um, since you can't actually play in Syria with Australia, one one. And then they traveled to Australia. It was 1-1. And then Timmy Cahill, former English Premier League great, headed home a goal in the 93rd minute to win Australia 2-1. So, otherwise, that's, that's the way this was going to play out, Ramu, uh, if you, this is the other my fa- other favorite thing to read about for the World Cup, is that Syria was going to have to travel to the U.S. to play the play-in game. Somehow we landed in fourth. But because we have this travel ban... Like, no one really knew how it was going to play out. It was going to be fantastic. It was going to make for such great news because Fox Sports would have to show the game. Oh, I could not wait. But oh, not going to happen. So, sorry, sorry, Mark. No Syria for you. No, that's okay. So, my actual team, uh, it's not very creative, but uh, England. Because England, their strategy right now is essentially just just play the entire Tottenham lineup. Uh, <laughs> minus a couple of non-English players. So, like, they're, they're probably going to take six or seven... Um, Spurs players so we'll cut next year which is pretty crazy so I'll get behind them my boys Erickson or not Erickson uh, Kane and 
<laughs> Delhi and Harry Winks and those guys. So we'll see. Boom. The, I like the, it. The Spurs, the Spurs development league. Yep. Yeah. That's right. That's awesome. All right. Well, uh, now on to, on to football. That was a great seven and a half minutes of soccer. I think we are, uh, I'm looking forward to our world cup coverage come next summer. Uh, so we'll, uh, last week records, we got Hari at four and four and he was, he was touting how he hates the NFL, but all four of his wins were in the NFL. Mark, a nice six and three. Ramu, what's going on, buddy? Is, is school oh, no. too busy? Two and six. And, yeah, uh, I got this new strategy. We're going to see how it works this, this week one more time. But there, we'll see. there you go. And then uh, I finally bounced back with a 6-3. and three. I'll say, Mark, I think you and me nailed our USA soccer picks with our parlays. That was <laughs> – I don't think we could have called that one against Panama much better. Um, and then overall, we, we still have Hari in first at 21-11. and 11, Mark at 20-14. and 14, Myself finally at 516-16. And, and Ramu rounding out the caboose at 13-19. and 19. Yeah. All right, let's get to college. Um, I'll say this much. My plan when I was preparing for this podcast was to hop on ESPN scores, as I always do, and look at the top 25 matchups. And this college football slate was brutal. So I just decided to go with games that we've either been to or are going to or hit home. So let's start with the uh, the Red River rivalry. Oklahoma versus Texas at the Cotton Bowl, State Fair of Texas. Um, Texas is plus seven and a half, over under sixty five. Mark, it was just two years ago, I think, or was it three years ago? Three years ago that we were at this game. So tell me, uh, how do you think this this sucker plays out? So the key to this game is for those of you, those of you listeners who are going to be the fan, you have to hydrate. This is this is a brutal one. There's no shade in the Cotton Bowl. It's hot. It's humid in Dallas. It's going to be like ninety this weekend. Be careful out there. Uh, but on the field. I don't have much to say about this one. OU coming off a shocking loss, honestly, um, at home to Iowa State. I think they're going to be more focused on this Texas team. Uh, I think Texas also had a pretty competitive um, overtime win over Kansas State last week. I think Baker Mayfield comes in once to get his name back in the Heisman buzz. Um, and OU takes control of this one early and hangs on. So I'll uh, take the Sooners, lay the points, but I'm not, uh, not too excited for this one. Yeah, that's fair. I, I agree with your hydrate comment. It's so damn hot at the Cotton Bowl. Ramu, OU versus Texas. I know this is a little south for you, but uh, give me your thoughts on this Big 12 matchup. Uh, yeah, I think this is a matchup where you got to look at context. Context is what matters here. I think you have a big festival in Texas called Austin City Limits. Yes. And I know some, uh, some Longhorns were at it last weekend with me. And if they were doing what I was doing... They're going to be hungover for this one. Um, I don't. I don't see them playing very well. And Texas, Texas, just in general, is in a program um, a little bit of a, a whirlwind where they, they're not really sure what their identity is. I think Oklahoma runs away with this game. Yeah, that's fair. I was I was going back and forth on this line. Um, Mark, your comment about Tom Herman always hits home in the sense of he gets his team up for big games. So in my yeah, head, it's, it's I was like, hard. does he keep Texas close? But I think OU, that loss last weekend actually means really, really bad for Texas. I think Baker Mayfield is just going to come out slinging this fucking ball all over the place to get their uh, their team back in the playoff conversation. I, I looked at this over and I was tempted, but at the end of the day, I think the safe bet is to, is to go with OU and uh, and take the points here. So give me uh, Oklahoma to cover this spread. 
On to Baylor at Oklahoma State, minus 25.5, over under 72. Some may be wondering why we are calling this game, um, but I feel that now that Mark will be attending every Oklahoma State homecoming from now until the end of his life, uh, including this one, I figure we would uh, we would pick a game that you'd be attending. So, Mark, kick us off here, man. What are your uh, what are your thoughts on this game? So, th- there's a couple things to note here um, on the field. The the number one thing is Baylor's very bad, and OSU is very good at offense. So, OSU <laughs> offense. Um, it might be the most exciting in the nation. Uh, they've got several big-time receivers, uh, most notably James Washington, and uh, uh, a senior quarterback in Mason Rudolph is going to go pretty high in the draft. Um, so I don't really see a way that, that Baylor wins this game. What I will say is, though Baylor is 0-5 and like honestly trending towards like a 1-11, 0-12 finish, uh, this, this coach they have, Matt Rule from Temple, uh, is actually a pretty well-respected guy and has actually kept his team close in all these games. Um, they actually gave OU a bit of a scare a couple weeks ago. Both these teams are coming off a bye, so uh, a pretty good coaching staff in Baylor has a time to prepare. And this is just a massive, massive line. Like you saw what happened last week in that uh, A&M Alabama game. Like this is just, just a big ask to to cover like a twenty six point line. So even though OSU is going to win the game, it'll be a great homecoming in Stillwater. I'll uh, I'll take the points and take the Bears. I like that. I actually was looking at this thing. Sorry, and I'm going to say it's Oklahoma State minus 25 and a half over under 72. And I saw that 72 number, and I was like, this is too much. Give me the under. And then I looked um, not only at Baylor's schedule, but also the last five games, of which three of them have gone above 72, which is just crazy. Like the fact that one of these games went to 91 points, I was like, you got to be kidding me. So I think like what you said, Mark, Oklahoma State handles their business. They get the win. But I think if, you know, I see Oklahoma State getting to about 40-ish points and not necessarily covering. So I think Baylor can, like you said, kind of score on this Oklahoma State defense. So I'm actually going to take the over on this massive 72 number um, just because I think history has shown that, that this matchup has the, uh, the capability to put up points on the scoreboard. Ramu, take us home. Another Big 12 matchup. Oh, you know how I do it. When I take people home, I ask a lot of questions. I thought Baylor had the death penalty. They did in the sense, I think the death penalty in football is mostly scholarships. And they can't qualify for the playoff. But, like, it's way harsher in the NCAA because you do scholarships and you can't you can't qualify for the uh, the tournament, which I think is just, like, a okay. lot worse. Right. Okay, good, clar- good clarification there. Um yeah, I yeah I, I made, made, made my pick on uh on false evidence, false facts. Did so you, let me stick with it and go with OK State <laughs> to cover. Wow, I like it. Uh, Madison Mark's now fiance will be very excited to hear that. I'm just trying to make people happy. I'm just trying to make all my friends, girlfriends, and wives happy. There you go. Now onto a borderline top twenty-five Georgia Tech team. Traveling to Miami to face the U, minus seven, over, under, 52. Ramu, are you, uh, are your jackets going to cover this weekend? <laughs> uh, I think the, I think the move here is the over. These guys have, uh, demonstrated that they can put points on the board. Um, I think it's, I, I'm still not sold on this team in general. I think top 25, <laughs> you, you tell me another Coach Paul Johnson team, uh, top 25, I just laugh because we all know what's going to happen by the end of the season. They're going to fall back out. Um, 
I think the yeah, I think the move here is the line is the is the over uh over fifty two. Interesting. I actually um look at this and one of the things I feel like has been odd about our Georgia Tech season is I think we've had as it feels like we've had as many bye weeks as we've had games played. Just There's with been like, a lot of buys. A lot, a lot of, of buys. A lot of rest weeks. This team has gotta be feeling healthy. Miami coming off of a battle against FSU, you know, won that game in the last minute. And I think something to remember is Miami's rush defense is not very good. They're allowing over 150 yards per game and just came off of a, a game against FSU where they allowed them to rush for over 200 yards. I, uh, I think that bodes well for our Jackets. And I think we finally get the win at Miami. I know I don't know the last time we were able to uh, to say that we did that. I feel like Miami has always been a loss for us, even in uh, in seasons where Justin Thomas took us to the Orange Bowl. So give me Georgia Tech to cover this seven point spread and possibly pull off the upset at uh, at Miami. Mark, you gonna be tuning into this game, or is it is it mid Oklahoma State tailgate? Uh, it's I'm no, I'm gonna be in T Boone Bicken Stadium uh, in parallel with this game, so I'll be <laughs> be watching the game cast. Uh, but no, so I was doing a little research here, and I had a like, I, 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 I thought ESPN was broken. I'm looking at total defense, so yards per game. Georgia Tech is the number six ranked yes. defense in the nation yes. by yards per game. Really. Which, which is crazy to me. So I, I think, like, anecdotally, like, other than the second half of the Tennessee game, like, the Tech defenses look pretty good, but, like, some of their numbers are pretty pretty staggering. Like, they, they like, put a beat down on Pitt and UNC. So, I mean, I, I'm not saying that they're going to, that they deserve to be a top 25 team. I'm not really even saying that I'm confident we're going to go to Miami and win, but I think we can cover the seven points. Um, another thing to note is uh, Mark Walton, the starting running back for Miami, who's been averaging over 100 yards is out for the season this week. Um, so they're, they're going to be filling in some holes on their offense as well as coming off just like kind of an overall physical demanding game against Florida State. So I'm going to go with, uh, with the same bet I put on the Jackets last time we talked about them, which is uh, Jackets to uh, to cover the spread and parlay that with the under. So I think this could be a defensive battle and uh, Jackets keep it close at least. So give me that. Jacketas with the under defensive lockdown team. That's like, right. Never thought I would say that. Um, that's our that's our identity. That okay. is it. Ted Roof and all of his diet cokes are going to be uh, loving this Georgia Tech. Oh my god, team. that's a real bet. Over under four and a half diet cokes. Oh yeah, remove. You would love this. Next time, if you if you ever watch a full Georgia Tech game and they pan to our defensive coordinator up in the box, look at how many diet coke bottles or cans he has. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> but I just, yeah, I do just want to say if uh, Georgia Tech wins this game. Remember it. Feel good about it because we play at Clemson next week. So all all the happiness is going away. Ah, that's true. This is our last chance to be happy. Well, hey, maybe that. Do you think? Side note here: Does that mean game day goes to Clemson, uh, or is it? Sorry, is it at is it at Georgia Tech or is it at Clemson? No, it's in Clemson. So it'd be like a number two Clemson team against like a number twenty three Georgia Tech team. I don't know if like the if like the other schedule is very weak. I would think so, but they've already done a Clemson game. They're at Louisville this year, so. Probably no game day. Ah, bummer. What can you do? Fair enough. All right, on to the NFL, which um, it's you know it's interesting because I love to sit here and talk about football, but there is so much crazy NFL news that uh, 
I feel like half the time I'm, I'm looking at spread bets and somehow Jerry Jones's name pops up and I'm like, I don't want to read about Jerry Jones's stance on the flag. I just want to read about Wait, gambling odds. So, so sidebar is is like this Cowboys team, they're they're falling apart, right? Like this this thing's really coming apart at the seams here. Dude, it's held together by a thread, man. I I could not have been angrier at Jason Garrett than I was during that Packers game. Like, seriously, what the fuck is going through that guy's mind when he gives the bow, the ball back to Aaron Rodgers at the minute eight and two timeouts? Like, it's just bad. They're just it's just bad coaching. I don't know how else to explain it. It's utterly frustrating. Now Jerry Jones is like taking a stance against his players. If they don't somehow use his bye week to regroup and, and come up with a win um, at their game at, at San Francisco off of the bye, like the wheels have fallen off. Give me a top 10 draft pick and please Jerry Jones go away and Jason Gary get fired. That's that's the ceiling. But anyways, we're not here to talk about the Cowboys. Let's uh, We'll go worst to first. And uh, I'll save the uh, the hometown teams for, for last year. So let's go Packers at Vikings, plus three and a half, over under 47. I'll start this one off. I think Minnesota is very, very good defensively. And one of the things I realized when I was watching this Cowboys team try and take on Aaron Rodgers is that you have to have good edge pass rushers. And Minnesota has that, Everson Griffin, and a fantastic linebacking core with Anthony Barr. So I think the Vikings defense either holds Aaron Rodgers or Rodgers um, you know, blows them out and the Vikings offense can't keep up. Either way, this 47 feels a little high for me. So I'm actually going to take the under and what I hope to be a, uh, an NFC North division um, battle. So give me, the, uh, give me the under on 47. Ramu, Packers at Vikings. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I haven't looked up the latest uh, Bradford news. Is he is he still questionable? No, I think he's yes. out. I think it's Case Keenum's team until Bradford gets his knee repaired again. Yeah, yeah. I think that has a big thing to do with it. This this line might move down a little bit. Dalvin Cook is gone. Listen, I think this might be a golden rule. I think you you don't take uh, it's you listen. Think about taking the road team in a division game. All right, this is uh this is going to be a tough one and it's going to be close. I think the under makes a lot of sense. So me and I'm actually taking that as well. I like it. Boom. Mark, take us home. Packers at Vikings. Yeah, so like the, the one takeaway from that cow the end of that Cowboys game was like, yes, Jason Garrett, very, very poor clock management. Like the other one, of course, is like Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And uh, I think I think they're peaking on offense. Um, they kinda got folks healthy. Pat Montgomery's supposed to play this week. Obviously Devontae Adams made the big catch coming back from a concussion last week. So that offense is in good shape, whereas like this uh man, this this Vikings offense is just trended the wrong direction. Like pretty much ever since week one, um, when Bradford went out. So like now they might be without Stephon Diggs. Obviously they're without Delvin Cook. Like, I don't see a scenario where they're able to keep pace with Aaron Rodgers. I think he'll wear down that defense as good as it is. And um, I'll, I'll take the Packers even on the road, even in a division game. Take the Packers late three points. Um, that's probably that's probably not that either. Mark, what do you think uh, about this this uh, this question? So. Aaron Rodgers on the Patriots with Belichick and stays healthy. Does he get more or less Super Bowl wins than, than Tom Brady? Um, I mean, I, I don't think you can give him the edge over Tom Brady just because like Tom Brady has five and Aaron Rodgers only has one. Like I think Aaron Rodgers definitely gets them probably to five or what? What? To, Brady's got him to seven. 
Rodgers might can get up to seven, but I don't know, man. Brady's pulled off a couple of these wins that are just outrageous. So it, it's tough. I think. I think. I think like they're they're probably they're probably on par with each other to be honest in terms of ability. So tough. Yeah, he's playing well right now. He's playing well. He's he's shown again why we believe that he's one of the best quarterbacks to to be in the game right now. So. No, that that's tough. I mean, you're talking about a, a potential goat against an actual goat. So yeah, and I mean, the the one thing I would give him is like he's got that athleticism that Brady never quite had. Like you yeah. saw him on that third down play against the Cowboys. Like he can escape and pick up the first down with his legs if he needs to. So I think maybe that adds a bit of a dimension to his game that Brady doesn't have. But I mean, either way, they're like probably two of the top five or six quarterbacks ever. So both of these QBs uh, this season need to put their teams on their back because they're. I mean, the defenses are Roger terrible. Did it. Defense is terrible. Bunch of clowns on defense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, like I feel like. Oh, go ahead, Mark. No, you're good. I know. I was just gonna say, like, I think something to to your question, Ramu, that always goes overlooked is like Aaron Rodgers always makes the playoffs, but he rarely goes deep. Like he'll win that first uh, oh, yeah. di- division game, but he is he's ten and seven in the playoffs. Um, with obviously, like Mark said, one Super Bowl win. So like, uh, you know, he's a great, great quarterback. But at the end of the day, when it when it comes down to to the clutch, I mean, like Tom Brady is twenty five and nine in the playoffs, and Aaron Rodgers is ten and seven, which is just like night and day oh. difference in my mind. So, I you know I don't I don't. I know Aaron Rodgers can be clutch, but at times I don't know if he always has what it takes to uh, to win in a high pressure moment like that. So, all right, let's move on to the Steelers and big bad sad, sad Ben Roethlisberger traveling to the Chiefs, uh, who are favored by four over under forty six. Mark, please tell me you don't have Big Ben on your fantasy team. I have Big Ben um, on a fantasy team. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> I do. I just he just needs to hold out until Aaron or until Andrew Luck comes back. It's a dynasty <laughs> league. As soon as Andrew Luck is healthy, I'm dropping Big Ben. We can banish him from the league. He's never allowed on a roster again. Um, that's fine. So you know you you might you might do better, Mark, if you just had two kickers and no quarterback. That's no, it. It's a strategy. Have, don't worry. I have multiple kickers. <laughs> You know, it's a dynasty league. you got 20 roster spots. You can, you can be three deep on kickers. That's true. That's a good use of, good use of roster space. Right. Um, so, no, I mean, like, I think I said it last week. Like, somehow, like, Kansas City, only undefeated team left, 5-0. and Just, like, being on the road was probably a pretty good Texans team. I don't really know. But um, they, they're just, like, chronically underrated by Vegas. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10 against the spread. And this four points against like the Steelers team that's going to be on the road coming off a loss to the Jags like I just don't get it just like give me Kansas City at home I'll lay four points that's fine like show them some respect I agree this this line was crazy like you're essentially saying that they're a one point favorite on a neutral site which they're like a 10 point favorite on a neutral I don't get it yeah that's what I mean like they should be I would have thought this was definitely gonna be around six and a half seven seeing it at where it was um just made me feel like Vegas either knows something that we don't or like expects like a bounce back week from Big Ben. I don't see it. The uh, the Steelers rank 30th against the run in their last three games. And if no, if people on this podcast haven't heard of him yet, um, a little teaser for my fantasy whack-a-mole, but Kareem Hunt is a man amongst children. That guy yeah. can freaking run the football. So Alex Smith has looked absolutely incredible. 
I think uh, Kareem Hunt is poised for a, a big game here at home um, back in Arrowhead. So I'm also taking the Chiefs here and, and taking that, that nice four-point spread. Ramu, take us home, buddy. Yeah, I I don't disagree with anything, so I'm not going to add to that. Um, I think the only thing i got to consider here is is I get a little worried at, at – a little bit of complacency as they continue. Like, they have this division almost locked up, and, and I'm looking at the rest of their schedule. They got, oh, man, they got, I mean, they, on the back end, they got Bills, Jets, and they got some Raiders, and they got some other Raiders, Broncos, Cowboys, Giants, the next four after this one. I mean, they got to drop one of these games, you know? I don't, and maybe it's the Broncos. Maybe, I don't know. I think that's the Not one the to look at. It's either the, like, unless Derek Carr returns for the Raiders, that Broncos game, I think, is the one you circle and say uh, they probably lose that one. What's the what's the um, update on on uh, on Alex Smith MVP? That, it's 8-1, right? Yeah, it's 8-1 to one odds, which is crazy. Because in my mind, I'm like, so Aaron Rodgers is favored. He's, like, minus 120. But, like, the fact that you can get Alex Smith at 8-1, to one, if this team goes 14-2... and two, I don't see how they don't, like, you know, you don't put him in that conversation. You put him in the conversation. Anyways, uh, there's there's really questions about this this uh, Pittsburgh team, although they looked really good a couple weeks ago. So this has been a really wonky season in terms of up and down teams, and I don't really know if we have a really good, solid number one other than the Chiefs. I think they have been the only team that we've seen day, week in, week out to you know, prove themselves So. Um. Yeah, this is a, this is just another disrespect mark. You're right. For uh, Tiki Chiefs. Boom. I mean, I think we might see another number one emerge out of this NFC game with the Eagles oh. at Panthers minus three <laughs> over under forty six. Mark, how, are, how you have to be feeling good about your Eagles. So, like, I hate to admit it because you know I'm a I'm an eternally pessimistic fan, but like after after the game this week, like I I turned on this team. I love this team like this team is just like they're just fun they're just fun right like nelson aguilar is doing crazy deshaun jackson celebrations like they're doing this tory smith home run celebration in the end zone like you got the kicker making 61 yarders you got mike trout in the first row like dapping up players during timeouts like it's just there's a lot of fun um the defense has been great even though they've lost like a lot of key pieces like somehow fletcher cox has been out the last couple weeks and like we've still been stuffing the run and getting great pressure on the quarterback like it's like just kind of like all coming together, which of course means it's going to fall apart at some point. But uh, I'm I'm riding the wave for now. Um, I think these are these are actually two these are like two good fun teams right now. Like Cam seems to have gotten his swagger back in that New England game. Um, their defense, obviously, with Keekley and Davis still healthy, has looked great. So I think this is like the best Thursday night matchup you can hope for. Um, I am a little bit worried that the Eagles are the road team and the road teams tend to struggle in these Thursday night games, but. If you're getting points with the four and one Eagles team, uh, I'm gonna take it. So uh, give me, give me the birds. Man. Yes. Yes. Ramu, are you are you leaning the same way? I I am only gonna say that I I feel like it was, I feel like it was during Mark's rant last year where the wagon wheels started to fall off. Yes, they fell uh, off the one wagon. Right. You bought. You ordered the jersey and then they lost. Like. <laughs> correct. <laughs> It was like it was, they were three and one when I ordered the jersey, and then they were they were like um, I guess they would have been like three and six the rest of the way or something like that. So That's great. Not yeah. That 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 anecdote alone has let me uh, to just pick the Panthers here. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's fair. I can't um, blame you for that. 
You know, I, I agree with everything you were saying, Mark, about kind of watching this team. Somehow they've been able to stuff the run. Um, where I am sort of still skeptical on this Eagles team is, yes, they're hot. They've won three in a row. But the teams they've beaten are 3-12. and 12. And so I I want to see it against a good team. If they beat this Panthers team, like I think they're in the short conversation for uh, at least a, a team that's going to get a bye in the NFC. And I see like a lot of what I saw with this the Cowboys team last year, where like the Eagles just kind of know who they are, and and they do enough to to get the W. So I'm still skeptical. I think Luke Keekley Luke Keekley is going to play all kinds of mind games with uh with Mr. Carson Wentz. And on a short week, it's tough to prepare. Uh, you know, a second-year quarterback. The Panthers are also five and two against the spread in their last seven at home in October. Um, that includes their rough um, season last year. So I'm gonna take the uh, I'm gonna take the Panthers and this passing offense and and Kelvin Benjamin and Devin Funchess and all these tall black homies to uh, to to show up against the Eagles secondary or lack thereof for that matter. <laughs> Um, give me the uh, plus. I need the Cowboys to stay like one out of the last column. I still have hope for my Cowboys to win the NFC East bet. Yeah, there, there. Oh, there. hold on, hope. Okay, there you here go. we go. Now there it's we go. Delusional. Yep, it's there. All right, last one. The Dolphins, the sad coke addict Dolphins, traveling to the Miami Falcons minus eleven. Miami Falcons, excuse me, Atlanta Falcons <laughs> minus eleven over under forty seven. Ramu, what are the Falcons going to do? Oh, they've been sleeping. They've been resting. They are all ready for this game. <laughs> they're hungry. Listen, there's, you know, they, I think I feel like actually they wanted to play last week just to prove to everybody that they can bounce back from that Bills loss. Um, but this this rest is going to be good. I don't, you know, they're still missing a couple pieces, but um, it's it's just too much. And the Dolphins proved last week they are are literally a terrible team. I don't care how good the defense might have played. Um, you know, they, they just don't have the offensive weapons to click and make things happen. I'm actually surprised this line is only 11. I think you're getting a steal here by taking the Falcons. Um, so I think the Falcons easily beat this team by by double digits, maybe in the 15, 16 points, I would say. Um, this is uh, this is an easy, this is your lock of the weekend, guys. Wow, wow, wow. Um, you know, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, Ramu. Um, I prep for this for this line was to look up Julio Jones' injury, and it said he's ready to play on Sunday. And so if he's ready to go on Sunday, this offense is dynamic. And then coming off of the uh, the bye week, like you said, is going to be great for them. So give me the Falcons. The only thing that I'm hesitant about is the Falcons, as double-digit favorites, are actually 5-8-1 and one against the spread. So they've, they've rarely been able to cover these these monster spreads that they've been handed kind of last season in a and this season for that matter. But the Miami team is terrible. Their offensive line coach does a lot of cocaine, um, and then he got fired, and then they also realized that he's their running back coordinator as well, or their running game coordinator. So there's no way this team is concentrating on on this Falcons team with everything else that's surrounding it. Give me the uh, the Falcons to cover the spread. Mark, we gonna we gonna sweep I, this? So uh, here, are, here are Jay Cutler's QBR rating in the last two games. 9.6, 6.5. Oh my god. And no, I, I, I hear what you I hear what you're saying. You're saying, Mark, this must be on a ten point scale. This guy's a professional quarterback, of course. This is logarithmic. Of course you know he's in the top in the top quartile, top half at least. But you'd be incorrect. This is on the one hundred point scale. This guy is 
garbage right now. Like, how is he getting paid ten million dollars to play football? It's crazy. Like, I, I don't understand. It's crazy. Like not not only is he bad, like he doesn't even really want to be there. Like at least like at least like you bring in bring in Brandon Wheaton and he's like happy to be there, even though he's tr- a trash quarterback. This guy's an embarrassment. I don't see any way this this Miami team like can like somehow like unite behind him as their quarterback. Like it's just got to be poison for uh, for the locker room. In addition, yeah, they're like offensive line coach coach not only doing cocaine but like sending direct message messages on Twitter of him doing cocaine in the team's facility. I don't really understand what's going on with this team. But it seems like a disaster. The Falcons look are still still the defending NFC champs. They're at home. They got to get it right at some point. So yeah, I'll lay the points. Whatever. Eleven's a lot. Let, let me let me ask this question. So, Kristen Cavallari is going to be at the game. Does that help or hurt their chances? One hundred percent hurt. One hundred percent hurt. Unless like somehow she withholds sex from Jay Cutler until he throws the right. Pass. Exactly. It helps. This is this is one motivation. Like he's obviously not motivated by like, money or like. Self-respect. So, like, at least wasn't that wasn't that the uh, <laughs> wasn't that the Aaron Rodgers story with that girl? Oh, all right, let's move on to our, our segment, Fantasy Whack-A-Mole, Mole, 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 Mole. Um, I teased this a little earlier. Mine's Kareem Hunt. I know it's not a sexy pick, but I think he has a monster week against this Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Um, there's a lot going on in, in Pittsburgh outside of just Big Ben. You've got Antonio Brown you know, ranting. You've got their front office kind of telling the players, I've heard backdoor, uh, excuse me, through backdoor method, like, hey, no more doing this anthem protest stuff. And then, like, the offensive linemen came out that one week they did it. So, I don't know. I'm not a believer in the Steelers team. It has me worried um, about my bet I have for them winning the division. But Kareem Hunt, big, big week this week. Mark, are you going to take Ben Roethlisberger as your fantasy whack-a-mole? I'm not. I'm going with an equally unsexy pick, given this guy has been in the league for, like, eight years now. But I'm going a little bit against my Eagles, unfortunately, but I'm going with Big Ed Dixon down in South Carolina. Big Eddie! Oh, yeah. Big Eddie. Big Eddie Money Dixon. This guy had six catches for 175 and a touchdown last week. This guy, he's like, like it's taken them a while to fill that Greg Olson role in the offense, but like it looks like maybe he's the guy to have stepped up to do it. Like He has the physical skills, and kind of with uh, with Benjamin getting healthy and Funches playing well on the outside, like, like I said, like this this Eagles defense is still a little bit thin, especially in the secondary. Like, there's going to be some holes out there. This could be the guy to find them. So, uh, if you're interested in fantasy, of which I am not, I am more of a, a football purist. But if you're into fantasy, Ed Dixon strong pickup this week. I agree. Fantasies for the week. Ramu. Exactly. You're having your best fantasy season in like three years, man. Who's your fantasy whack-a-mole? Oh, well, I use uh, this new regression tactic I learned in, in B-School because we learn really good stuff here. And what I learned was Robbie Anderson. Boom. New York Jets. Wide receiver. <laughs> is that is that because Alec told you that Robbie Anderson is going to be have a big week this week? Uh, no, Alec actually has given up on the Jets. Boom. He is no the longer a Jets. Three they're 3-2. Three and two. Yeah, well, he doesn't. Well, the problem is, is they're so incompetent to lose games that he doesn't understand what's going on in the organization. You can't have it all. You can't ask them to lose and then be angry at them, and then they win and then still be angry at them. 
doesn't make any sense. Well, if you're Alec Manthe, you can. Anyways, yes, uh, this guy, um, he puts up some decent numbers, and he's probably definitely available in most leagues. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Robbie Anderson. He can, he can be pretty electric in spurts. Uh, so he's, he's pretty good when he starts, but then he's not very good later on. That's my pick, Robbie Anderson. I like it. Going against this all of a sudden terrible New England Patriots defense. So I can't hate that pick. All right, y'all. Well, that uh, that brings us to the end. Um, now, Mark, you got me really excited about this next summer World Cup slash NBA Summer League trip. Yeah. Um, Dude, that's... you can just you can just go all in on obscure sports next summer. Obscure obscure summer league facts. Obscure uh, African nations in the World Cup. It's gonna be great. Yeah, I agree, man. I completely agree. And um, it's gonna be a, an awesome night tomorrow night. Eagles Eagles Panthers. Mark, maybe we should get together try and watch that game. Yeah. Um, Hit me up, bro. And then uh, with that, Georgia Go Jackets. Sorry, Big Blue. And we out. Later.